What's going on, Sacktown Podcast? I'm Ray. And I'm Jared. Whew. Welcome back, you guys. It's been a minute. Man, how's everybody's football offseason been? I know mine's been boring. I've been missing <laughs> football so, so, so much, dude. I think we all are. I feel like the space between when football ends and football starts, I I think that's the most boring time of the sports year. Cause you it know, is. You've got the start of baseball, and, like, baseball is going on. And it's cool. I like baseball. I like betting on it. But when football's happening, man, and baseball – and then hockey's in a couple, a couple of months. That's that, man. The, the NFL is the best. Cream the crop. Yeah. No, uh, we all know that the NFL is the best, man. And I, I just miss football. And I'm, I'm excited for the preseason tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Niners content. I'm excited for Give all Give me a that. sec, please. I'm excited for all that. So uh, Not right now. Sorry about that. Uh, but um, go ahead. Explain what the episode is today. So we got uh, – this, this is one that I'm really – out for it's the top five players to watch in preseason now preseason is different this year because they are i think they changed the format for how many games i don't know if it was this year or if it was last year mm-hmm. uh, but they changed how many games are going to be played uh the miners play three games in 12 days so i don't i'm not sure who exactly is how many snaps for how many times uh hence why i'll have some honorable mentions because i don't fully know who's going to be getting most of the reps, but I have, I have a good idea. So the first mm-hmm. thing we're going to go through, top five players to watch for in the preseason. My basis is guys I think are going to get significant playing time. Guys who I think are going to get most of the snaps, guys who are going to benefit from playing in the preseason, and guys that I'm just looking forward to seeing playing, uh, their um, improvement from last year. Some of them are rookies. Most of them actually are rookies. So it'll be uh, interesting to see. Um, like I said, I don't know who's going to be playing, but I have no idea of how I want to base mine. It's just off of interest in the player, uh, how their camp's been going so far. This is the first year I've, I've actually covered training camp extensively, and it's been really fun. Just trying to get as much information from like reporters like Grant, Matt Mayoko, Matt Barrows, uh, Matt Harley, as much as I can. So I have a good idea of what to look for. Um I don't know if you have any other criteria that you want to put in or any like personal um, anecdote, but if not, we can get right into it. Uh, real quick, I just want to clarify: are we, are you wanting to do just out of the 49ers, or do you want to do just around the league in preseason? Just, just 49ers. Okay, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Because if to you want honest, to start off with number five, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Ready. So to be honest, I, yeah, and I don't really know. I, I don't cover any of the teams like that except for. My, my team, so I don't really even can speak to it. But I guess yeah. number five for me is I have Ambry Thomas. Uh, Ambry Thomas was absolute trash last year for the first quarter to half of the season. And then late through the season, he stepped up and played really well. He got the game-saving interception against the Rams, put the Niners in the playoffs. He was really good in man coverage. He showed signs that he can be a really good number two in this league, a number three at worst. But... um I think Embry Thomas took a step back in camp this year. From from all the reports that I've seen, he's been getting burnt in coverage. He seems to have uh, bad hand to ball to eye. Um, I guess he has bad bad coordination. Yeah, he can't track the ball very well. And um, I, I've seen about five to six clips of him getting torched by tier two receivers like Ray Ray McLeod, Danny Gray. Uh, what's that other guy's name? They just got it was a new receiver. Oh, Malik Turner, who I really like. Oh yeah. Uh, Emory Thomas was getting smoked by them, 
And it's not that he's getting smoked in the coverage because he's running step for step. He's a very athletic young corner, but he seems to have bad discipline when it comes to tracking the ball. And I'm not sure if every Thomas is a a gamer, if he's just bad in practice, but is good in games because he was good last year. And I don't see a reason why he would be regressing. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It could be that they're going against good receivers, but Danny Gray and River McLeod are not exactly guys who are <laughs> beating every Thomas that bad. So, so we'll see. Um, I, I assume he'll be getting most of the uh, CB one or CB two reps for the preseason. Um, I'm looking for him to make a little bit of improvement with Miko Ryan's uh, scheme change. They're going to be playing a lot more press coverage. And if Embry Thomas can't stay disciplined and keep his hands off the receivers, he's going to draw a lot of pass interference calls or he's, he's going to get torched in coverage. But I have high hopes, and I think he's going to benefit from playing with really good corners. I'm curious to see where they're going to place him because if he plays well in the preseason, you know, they have a little bit of a hole at the nickelback, but Embry Thomas is not a nickelback corner. He's an, he's an outside press corner. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll see because his place in the depth chart is not exactly guaranteed. No, it, it's not strong. No, I like that one. He's not on my list, but um, it, so it kind of sucks. I don't have Twitter, so I have ever like <laughs> anything I see for training camp is just stuff I see on my like Instagram fan pages and stuff like that. So I, uh, you know, I haven't heard much about um, Ambry Thomas. So I kind of assume that's probably like a good thing, but from what you said. Doesn't sound like a very uh, optimistic uh, situation for him. Hopefully, he could play good. He didn't make my list, but that is something to definitely look for. Uh, for my number five spot, I kind of grouped them together because yeah. I don't want to do three different spots. But I basically did left guard through right guard. Okay. Uh, so Spencer Bruford, Aaron Banks, and then uh, it seems like Daniel Branschool is probably going to play the center. Uh-huh. Those are just three guys who just have either are either rookies or just they haven't played the position they're going to play yet, and so I, I want to see how they uh, hold up for Trey or whoever is going to be uh, behind them. Yeah. I want to see how many sacks they allow, how they look against the run, how they look against the pass. You know, from what I've heard, they've been doing pretty well. At least um, it looks like those might potentially be the starters for O line. Uh, so to- I just. <sighs> Huh? To, to keep continuity, because I have Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks in my uh, list, too. I have them at, at different spots, but I guess I'll just continue on with it. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit more information about how they've been playing, because I do have Twitter, and Twitter is the best way that I've been able to get information from how these players have been playing. Um, I'm honestly really... I don't want to say scared, but I'm concerned about the offensive line competition. I don't know who's going to be playing where. The only real lock positions I know are Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. Everywhere else is a huge question mark. And so mm-hmm. the, these two guards have to play well. From what I've seen from, from Spencer Burford, this guy is a solid player. Um, he's been winning his reps uh, on the one-on-one drills against uh, Kevin Givens. Uh, um, uh, Street. Amenahu. Oh, can TV oh, Street. Amenahu. He's been winning all of his 1v1s. And those guys, and by the way, those uh, second string dimensional linemen on any team that's not the Niners, those guys are, are tier one starting linemen. So Spencer Burford is, is holding his own against starting defensive linemen in the NFL as a rookie. He has a good low center of gravity. He anchors really well. He's good in pass protection. So I'm really curious to see. I, I assume he's going to be getting the right guard starting spot, and, and I'm fine with that, although I, I don't know what that means for Brunskill. I, I really – the center spot is unknown, but I have mm-hmm. really high hopes for Burford because from, from what I've seen, he's physically talented. He's huge, and he's probably our best interior pass-blocking offensive lineman. And then that that goes into – his opposite is um, Aaron Banks. I, I'm 
very worried about Aaron Banks. And I, I say that because Aaron Banks reminds me a lot of Mikey Potty from from the uh, Jim Harbaugh era. Oh, yeah. If, if anybody remembers Mikey Potty, that dude was a mauler run-blocking beast. Yeah, he was. That's, that's kind of what Aaron Banks like. Aaron Banks, from the pictures I've seen, he's the biggest guy on the team. This guy is huge. He's strong, but um, constantly in these 11-11s and 7-on-7s, he gets bull rushed back into Trey Lance a lot. And because he he did a bad job of anchoring down, and that's going to be bad because if you're trying to stand up against pass rushers in the regular season, you're going to get exposed. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how good a run blocker you are. You, you need to be a, a good pass blocker. So I assume he'll be getting most of the, the starts in the preseason because they don't have a, a starting left guard besides that. And he needs the reps because this guy can run block. I mean, he can throw guys out of the way. Um him and Javon Kinlaw is a really fun matchup that I saw that was reported on. That's a really fun big on big guy to to watch out for. But mm-hmm. those two guards are, are going to determine a lot of about what happens as far as offensive line because the Niners have a big hole in the interior, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. Exactly. I mean, you said it way better than I did. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, like you said, from from what I heard, but you you heard more than me, Spencer Bruford. I don't know if I said his name right. Bruford. Bruford. He he was for sure like he looks like a lock for the right guard position. He's playing really good, which is cool because he was a late late round. What was he? Fourth round? Fifth round? Dude, I didn't know who he was. Yeah, exactly. He went to a small small college too. So if he he could step up and be the guy that we want to be, that'd be awesome. But they're they're my number five spot only because offensive linemen like – you want to see them do good, but you're not going to be paying. They're not flashy, so you're not going to be like paying attention to them as much as these other guys for me, at least. Yeah. All right, go for it. Uh, so for my number four spot, again, it's kind of grouped up, but there's one person in particular I want to see, and that's Trey Sermon. Obviously, I kind of want to see how all the running backs do since we're kind of a running back by committee. But, you know, Trey Sermon, he had a limited reps last year. He seemed like he was always hurt. Or there was something always going on with him, and he was kind of um- underwhelming for where he went in the draft. And, you know, he was coming out of Ohio, I believe. You know, there's big aspirations for him, and he just it didn't really hit. And so I want to see what he can do in-game. Is he going to be the same kind of injury-prone player? How does his swiftness look? You know, is he finding his hole? All that good stuff. Because, I mean, I still think Trey Sermon has plenty of potential. He could – Oh, yeah. I still think he could take the number one spot over Elijah Mitchell, depending on how he looks in preseason. Um, but <laughs> That's like that, – it's probably won't, it probably won't. Elijah Mitchell played amazing last year, but you know you never know. You pick that guy super high, you want to see him elevate yeah. himself. But but same thing goes for Elijah Mitchell and uh, Davion Price. Like I want to see how good he looks. I haven't Ty, heard Ty, much Ty, about Ty, him. Davis Price. Yeah, Davis Price, not Davion. My bad. Um, I want to see how good he looks. You know, coming out of LSU, I haven't watched much tape on him. So these preseason games will be perfect to see like what kind of back he is. Yeah, so I I swear I, I I have no clue what his list was. I actually also had Trey Sermon, just Trey Sermon, because I'm very particular about the players I want to watch. Trey uh-huh. Sermon, um, I I genuinely feel like he's not going to make the roster. I know uh-huh. that I know that's a really really loaded statement, but here's what you have to understand: Elijah Mitchell is a better player. Jermichael Hasty has more burst. And yeah. He can be a third down back. Ty Davis Price is a better runner. Uh, Jordan Mason looks to be their best uh, pass catching back, and then they have a Kyle Yushek. I do not think Trey Sermon has any traits that are really going to stand out. From what I from 
what I've seen in camp so far, he, he's played well, but he just lacks the fundamental Shanahan trait that all running backs have. It's being able to find the hole and, and use your, your ball vision, ball carrier vision and hit that hole. Trey Sermon mm-hmm. likes to dance behind the line of scrimmage. He's a, he's a, um, He's an east. He's an east and west runner as opposed to a north and south runner. So he mm-hmm. wants to bounce to the outside, um, get the big explosive plays, and that is not what Shanahan wants. If you watch any Forty Niners football, you know that he wants his running backs to find the holes, hit the holes, and explode out for some for some extra yards. I I am worried about Sermon. He had a fumbling problem last year. He got hurt. He was phased out of the offense. I, I genuinely feel that he's not going to make the team, and if he's going to, it's going to be because he was a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to want to – was it second or third? Second? He was uh, beginning of third, I believe. Okay, third. Yeah, I mean, Niners don't, don't typically own up to their mistakes. So I, I think he's, he's going to make the roster only for simple fact. But if he, if he does, I won't, I won't be surprised. He doesn't have a skill set that's particularly special. But I am looking forward to him playing the preseason because he's going to get good carries. I, I don't think Mitchell's going to play. If they play Mitchell, I, I would really question that because Mitchell needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I assume he's going to be splitting carries with Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason, and Michael Hasty, but I, I do not think he's going to make the roster, and that's why I'm intrigued to watch him because I think he has undeniable talent, but I don't think he has the Shanahan running back makeup. And combined with the fact that he's not the most naturally talented guy, he doesn't run as hard as Ty Davis Price, he's not as fast as Elijah Mitchell, he can't catch the ball as good as Hasty and Mason. He's just, just he doesn't do anything particularly special, and it, and it really sucks because I, I wanted to see him play last year. It is what it is. Um, fortunately, probably not going to make the team. Um, yeah, which is crazy when you have some running back by committee. You would hope he'd be able to make one of those spots, yeah. but you just laid out the fundamental. Every every other running back on the team does something better than what he does. So yeah. it's unfortunate, but that's why I kind of want to see what he does because I want him to kind of prove that wrong. But that's my number four guy. Yep. Uh, where did you have him ranked? Four as well? I had uh, five was Ambry, four was Sermon, three was Aaron Banks, one was Burford, and, and, and I have one more at two. So I'll, I'll let you get into yours. Okay. Um, so at number three, I have Danny Gray. Ooh. Yeah, just because I, I kind of already know what I'm getting out of Ayuk and Debo. You know, Ayuk maybe not as much because although he's, he's shown flashes being great, he hasn't had a great, great season yet. But, I mean – that's the one guy I have been hearing out of training camp. I mean, I think everybody, all Niner fans know he probably had the best training camp, if not one of the best. He's just, he's been looking like a dog. So I'm not too worried about him. Plus, I don't even think he's going to play much in the preseason. So out of all the receivers that I want to look for is Danny Gray. Because as much as I like Juwan Jennings, I think Danny Gray could be like the legitimate three on the team. And he's just going to be the speedster, dude. He's going to take the top off the ball. And, you know, um, I don't know much about him again. You, you're the guy who's like watches a lot of the film and stuff coming out of college and stuff like that. So I, all I know is that he's fast. He's going to be like that kind of deep ball kind of receiver for Trey Lance. So I, I want to see that in game. I want to see how his hands are. I want to see how his route running is, all his fundamentals. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can be that number three, him or Juwan. But if, if I had to pinpoint a certain player, it's definitely Danny Gray. I'm definitely going to be looking out for him. Not to burst any from bubbles, but Danny Gray is not going to be a, a number two receiver this year or even next year. I think I'm low on Danny Gray, and that's because uh, from all, all the clips I've seen him at practice, he fails to win uh, his 1v1 matchups against tier two corners. He's not good at, at running instrument or short routes. He's really only good as a deep threat. But 
on the positive side, I think he can be a very gadgety Marquise Goodwin type player. Uh, the Niners don't need him to be a number three because they have Ray Ray McLeod, who I think is better. But they have Danny Gray, and Danny Gray is good for maybe one to two explosive plays per game, and that's all they're going to ask out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has a very um, Kendrick Bourne-like skill set in the sense that they're mm-hmm. the obvious players, but they're, are very, they're very specifically good in one aspect. Kendrick Bourne was, was, had no separation. He ran a 4-8. He was slow. He was a possession receiver who got third down um, catches all the time, and it was good in the mm-hmm. red zone. That's Denny Gray. Denny Gray is going to be good with end of rounds. He's good for maybe one to two deep plays a game. He's going to benefit from playing with Trey Lance, but I, I, I want Niner fans to understand that he's going to he's a project, and at his his best, I think he's an impact player like Darren Sproles or Marquise Goodwin. Maybe if I want to go, be more positive, I could say his his impact might be like like. Nicole Hardman, mm-hmm. but he's a he's a gadget player, and, and I am excited to to watch him play. I don't expect much out of him, um, but it, that's a good one. I actually didn't think of Danny Gray at first. Um, I only have one more, uh, one more. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get yours. Your next okay. one, I'll next one, and, and then we'll move on. So for my number two, I mean, dude, since we drafted him, I've been like like. Loki crushing on the guy. Like, I know. I, yep. yep. Drake, Drake Jackson. Yep. I, I just – I want to see how he does uh, ones. I want to see how he does against double teams because I'm, I'm sure they might double team occasionally. Um, I just I just want to see his impact on the field. You know, he just – he has all the intangibles. I know because he got dropped by the Niners, you keep seeing the comparison of like Alden Smith where you got this like lengthy athletic guy – who's just he's just a freak dude and that's just what i get from him he's doing backflips at camp it's like dude like somebody who's playing on the d-line should not be able to do a backflip like that's an unfair comparison i don't like him being compared to all smith all smith is is one of the best passers i've ever seen in my life yeah well i mean in terms of like athleticism and like just kind of being like a a, like a freakish player i don't know what his arm uh wingspan is but because Alden Smith had a huge wingspan. Alden Smith had long ass arms. Like he was standing up, and his arms were like past the, his knees. Yeah. But um, I'm super excited to see Drake Jackson. And the only reason why I'm guessing he was your number one, two. Okay, he so was he, two. he was two for me. The only reason why he's number not number one for me is because there's still just some this unicorn on the team for me. Um, <laughs> it's Trey, Trey Lance is my number one as well. Drake Jackson could easily have been one, but. Even though I, I've watched Trey play in person, I went to the Texans game. I've I watched all his preseason Hold games. On, let me, I watched let me, his Cardinals uh, team. Uh-huh. Let me get in my Drake Jackson. Oh yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, and like I, I, I have as well. Drake Jackson is is gonna be a is gonna be a Pro Bowl player. Count it mm-hmm. right now. Drake Jackson, let's his physical great gifts. He has great bend. He has long arms. He's fast. He's strong. This guy is huge, Ray. I, this guy is a unit. He's, <laughs> he's he's stronger than Bosa. Yeah. Let, let, let's really think about how strong Bosa is. Drake Jackson's stronger. I think Drake Jackson is going to benefit, and he's going to play on all third down reps. He's going to get a lot of pass rush opportunities. This guy can play inside outside. He has he's playing for the best defensive line coach in the past ten to twenty years, and Chris Kazarek. Mm-hmm. This guy is is, is going to be utilized like a stud. I think he'll get a lot of his reps on the outside because he's a better uh, outside pass rusher than inside. This guy's so yeah. good. Dude, he's so good. And 
I really don't have much else to say about him. He's been dominating his 1v1s in camp. He's been beating every single offensive lineman outside of Trent Williams. Nobody beats Nobody him. beats Trent, not even Bosa. No. Um, so he's he's making he's making grown men look like trash on the field. That's all I gotta say in, in the practice. So something about Drake Jackson too, from some of the mocks I've seen and stuff like that. Um so you know how everybody does their like way too early mocks and stuff yeah so after last year's draft so not this year's draft but last year's draft dude he was mocked to go top 10 in some people's draft yeah um but so what happened was and this is from what i heard he they his coach made him lose weight and so with that weight loss he lost a lot of his strength and other stuff that comes with weight you know um so i mean to me, it seems like he's got that weight back, and he's just ready to fucking go. So I'm excited. Um, and then um, one other thing that I was going to bring up about the D-line, this is a shout-out to my boy Yusuf. Yusuf is a co-worker of mine. He's a Jets fan. <laughs> the guy really had the audacity to tell me who who, who I think is going to have the better defensive line, the Jets or the Niners. Oh, I, I asked him, I, I said, Yusuf. Would you say Nick Bosa is a top fifteen player? He said, "Yeah, top 10. I said, "Okay." I said, "Who on the Who on the Jets D line is top 10? Quinn Williams. Well, well, Carl, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson could be Carl a top. <laughs> I was like, "Bro, get out of here, man!" Like, Quinn like, Williams. He's like, he's like, but we're deeper. We're deeper. I'm like, who? Oh, you know what he said? You know what he said, Jared? He what? said, "Bro, we gotta sell him in top." <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> but instantly, I just thought of, like, Solomon Thomas and Mike McCarthy were, like, our huge, like, inside jokes. Oh, God. No, no shit asking Solomon Thomas. He's, he's like, he's a solid player. But, no, he's not. But it's no, like, bro, he, he was our scraps. Don't say your backups are better than ours when they're just our Solomon scraps. Solomon Thomas is not a solid player. <laughs> he is not a solid player. Let's not get that Let's get to your number one because I, I know who it is. I'm just going to say because I know that it's Trey Lance. Uh, my honorable mentions were Trey Lance because I, I don't think Lance is going to play a whole lot, which is why mm-hmm. I don't have him in my preseason um, uh, like guys to watch out for. But it's Lance, Ty Davis-Price, and then the, the center position. But I, I won't get into it too much because I'll save it for the, uh, for the next part. But I'll let you get your Trey Lynch feeling because he's a good player. So from what I heard from training camp so far, it was kind of like a rocky training camp for Trey, which is, again, totally fine. We got to treat Trey as if he's a rookie. He only started two games last year. Um, and one of them was versus a very elite Cardinals defense when they were still on a roll. So I don't think he gets enough credit for, credit for that performance. People act like it was a horrible game. But, like, that defense was rolling in the middle of the season. So I don't want to hear it. Um but he's just still like so raw, and I just I, I just get excited to watch him still. Like, like he's just one of those players, and like you got people like Ray Ray McLeod saying like, "Oh, I played with Josh Allen, and Trey reminds me of Josh." Again, he's hyping up his quarterback, but like I I see it, man, and like people forget Josh Allen had horrible accuracy problems his yep. first two years in the league. And he fixed it. And that's why I'm, I'm like I'm trying to tell people the league is shifting. It used to be you drafted the fundamental short arm guy. Mac that he Jones. was accurate. <laughs> Mac Jones, yes. But but that's just not the league anymore. Mahomes was not this clear cut prospect. That's why he went what? He went tenth. And he had people like Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky drafted over him. John Ross was drafted over him. Because there was accuracy problems. We didn't see enough from him from Texas Tech. Um was it Texas Tech you went to? Yes. Yeah. So 
it's like yeah and just there's just so many haters for Trey Lance too it's just it's so beyond me for a team that's like I guess the 49ers are a big market but they're not like they never get the recognition in the media when you when you do hear about them all it ever is is Trey Lance isn't ready Trey Lance this was it the right pick picking Trey and it's just it's so it's so beyond me dude it's so beyond me um, just listen to his players, listen to his teammates, listen to his coaches. Yeah. They have nothing but great things to say. Um, and I, I, pr- I promise you, even though they're his teammates, if they had some sort of flaw or something like that, yeah. they, they're, they're going to they're gonna say it. But the fact that they're so high on him, and I think the big thing that is going to lead him to be good is his mentality and his maturity. Josh, Ro- Josh Rosen never, to me, panned out because he, <laughs> he was immature. You get immature quarterbacks and they're not willing to put in the work. Yeah. Trey Lance, um, TJ Husmanjada. Uh, he was the wide receiver for the Bengals back in the day, or tight end. I always forget. He was kind of like end. a hybrid. He was a tight end, yeah, but he kind of was like a hybrid. Yeah. Um, he's been working with Brandon Ayuk, and he said Brandon Ayuk's been working his ass off, and Trey Lance has been there every single step with him. Yeah. That just shows you how hard Trey Lance is working, dude. Work with Tom House. There's, there's like even if he has a like a mediocre season and he shows flaws, there's, there's no reason for me to believe like within the next couple of years if he keeps working hard, he's not going to be a top five quarterback. Like I know that's crazy to say, but yeah. he just has the intangibles. I think he's slept on for his athleticism too. He's not the fastest, but yeah, dude's going to be he's just quick. he's going to be just like Josh Rosen, bro. Jo- or not Josh Rosen. I'm sorry, <laughs> Josh. He's going to be just like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's not the fastest quarterback, but he's big. People are scared to tackle him, and he's he's not afraid of contact. Okay, I'm so, excited for Trey. So, but I, we got a similar list. Okay, so getting into Lance. Do, okay, so do you want me to do you want to go into the top ten post camp players or or, or the storylines first? Um, w- let's do storylines because that okay. I think I think he's both on both of our storylines. Okay, yeah, storylines. So we'll we'll skim through this a little bit, uh, a little bit quicker. So. Uh, I guess since we'll keep continuity, um, my number one storyline is the Trey Lance development. Uh, just, just a very quick, brief summary on Trey Lance's camp so far. Trey Lance has has been exciting. He's been polarizing, and he's been he's been good. Um, I will say that um, this guy is going to unlock an, an offense the league is not prepared for. He's making Brandon Ayuk look better. He's making George Kittle look better. Uh, Debo's been out of shape, so it's really not able to fully gauge what that is. But I'm looking forward to this entire season, seeing how Lance develops. And um, I think that his camp has been better than, than than the stats show. The fact that he's completing not a lot of passes tells me that he's taking deep shots. He's being risky. Jimmy Jimmy would – I really hate saying Jimmy's name all the time, but Jimmy never attempts passes the way that, that Lance does. And that's what changes the completion percentage. So basically, well, what's going to dictate how many wins we get is how good Lance is and how Lance progresses from last year. Does he learn the offense better? Does he are his mechanics better after going with Tom House? Um, just overall, how he's performed this uh, last year going into this year is going to be my number one storyline as to as to what I'm going to watch out for this season. Yep. And um, so for the storylines, I kind of want to branch out a little bit past just the Niners. Because I feel like when we were talking about our preseason stuff, that that has a lot to do with storyline. Yeah, like you could talk about it, like the O line. That's uh, a whole storyline. Forty Nine er hybrid slash non Forty Nine er stuff in in here. We'll, we'll just we'll ro- we'll roll off the tongue. Yeah, and we'll just we'll just talk football for a little bit. So another thing, I have so I have a Rams coworker. 
I only see him for like an hour because he works overnight. So when I come into work, he's there. So um, he's not a shit talker, though. He knows what he's talking about. So like when we played the Rams in the championship, he went to that game. Cool guy. But um, so we'll talk about each of our teams and stuff. So one thing that's kind of interesting is this Matthew Stafford injury. I don't know. Have you heard of that? Yes, the elbow injury. Yeah, so I think uh, I think something's hiding about it. Like I think the Rams are hiding something that could potentially be worse. So apparently, from what my coworker was telling me, is it looks like it could be a baseball injury. Can you just look up and see if you get on it? A Tommy John surgery. Um. Yeah. It, so so most baseball injuries, when it comes to their elbow, they have to get Tommy John surgery, which is not a good one. Like if you know anything about it. Um, it is, it takes you out for a year minimum and that's for baseball and you're just not the same. And so I, I really want to look into, look into that more because obviously the Rams are our biggest rival and Matthew Stafford, he's a big, he's a big part for that. Obviously your quarterback is kind of yeah. like your engine of the team. And it, uh, because dude, that's a scary team. The Rams to me got even better. Allen Robinson's been looking like a dog from what uh-huh. I've seen. Um, that's a big one to look out for. And that's just kind of like an overall NFL. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I actually heavily did this I think the Rams are vulnerable. Um, okay, so going into our next, I, I kept this more Niners focused, but I have, I, I do have one small one in here, but my second one is the Kyle Shanahan offense and adjustment. I'm really interested to see how the offense is going to look this year compared to previous years with Jimmy. It's obvious that the offense is, is changed. Uh, they're throwing more deep passes. There's going to be more play action bootlegs. I'm really curious to see how Shanahan's going to adapt to his new quarterback, his new weapons, offensive lines, overall adjustment, because Shanahan is a rhythm play caller. And he, he said himself last year that it was difficult calling plays for Lance because he had not developed a rhythm or a feel for what Lance is good at. But he's, he's had an entire training camp, off-season, OTAs to prepare for it. And so I, I think this this um, offense is going to look, look a lot different. I think they're going to run the hell out of the ball still. That's not going to change. They're going to add some zone reads. They're going to add some pistol formations, I believe. There's going to be more deep shots. I think the overall offense is going to change. I think this team could set the franchise record for most rushing yards in a season. I'm just really curious to see what's going to change. No, no, I agree because, like I said, in the games Trey played, it it didn't seem like Kyle Shanahan really knew what he wanted to do. He kept running these QB draws, oh QB scrambles. They just they weren't working. He was putting his quarterback in risk, uh, at risk. I mean, um, so that's def- that actually is a huge one. And like you said, with Trey at quarterback, with the running back group we have, the potential is honestly limitless. It's really just up to the O line and how our run blocking looks. So. Um... Okay, so I can go – do you want me to go into my next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the next one I have is the defense. Bold take. I think this defense is better than our 2019 defense. This defense, up until the start of the season, is the best Niners defense I have seen since the Harbaugh eras. I think this defense is more talented than 2019. I think on paper it's better. I think we have a better secondary. We have a deeper defensive line. We have a better linebacking core. This defense is brutal. With the, the depth of the line, you got Drake Jackson coming in. Bosa's back, obviously, Armstead. Uh, getting in Javon Kinlaw healthy. More on him in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. This D-line is filth. 
combine that with Charles and Menahue, who I who I love, and I think we'll get a good contract when his mm-hmm. uh, when the contract's over. Charles Menahue, Contavia Street, Kevin Givens, and you know, this defensive line is the deepest in the league. We got Kerry Hyder back too. Kerry Hyder, that's right, the dude who flopped from the Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> this this D line is deep. It's dominant. It's talented. No more D four clogging up the space. I, oh, oh I, and I forgot about Seven Ebicom. Oh yeah, dude, I keep forgetting about him. Dude, I seen yeah. a, a video of him on Instagram. I'm like, dude, I forget he's on the team. Yeah, because Drake Jackson's gonna kind of take his spot as like that outside pass rusher. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but he's still. I mean, he played great in the playoffs too. Yeah, he, dude, our D line is so deep. We have a good Sam linebacker that are rush. Our linebacking core has always been good. It'll always be good. I don't really need to go into that, but our secondary is the biggest change. This secondary is disgusting. The addition of Traverius Ford is huge. Emmanuel Mosley broke out in camp and might be a number one corner now in this league. Combine that with Jimmy Ward being an all-pro player, whether or not he gets voted to it is BS. Jimmy Ward is a stud. Yeah, he is. I have question marks about about Hufunga at safety. I think they're not – Give me a sec, though, about strong safety. I think they're best served. If they really want to run a nickel back, I think they're best served with putting Jimmy Ward in the slot on the tight end, running split safety vis- with uh, Tavarius Ward and Hufunga, and I think that could work out very well for them. I, I, I really don't see what the Niners see in Hufunga. I don't think he's, he's amazing. I think he's okay. He's not that athletic. He's basically just a tackle box safety. He can't really cover. But if he's being blanketed by Ward or, or Tavarius Moore, who I think is better than Hufunga, actually. Uh, th- this secondary is the best secondary we've had probably since 2020 because our, our 2020 secondary was surprisingly good. And don't let me forget, if Jason Barrett comes back and he's healthy, JV, it's over. And then, you know, combined, we have some nice young additions with Sam, Samuel Womack at the nickel. We have uh, Darquez Denard, who I like, Diamondor Lenore, who I still like. This defense is going to be top three in the league. And that's what I'm looking out for. I was just about to say that. That was one of my storylines. Is I keep telling people this 49ers defense is going to be top three. Like, just everything you said. Like, Traverius Ward, I think, was such an underrated, underrated signing. He can, He's just – he was, he was like, not really good on the Chiefs, but he was a good player on the Chiefs. To get him on the contract, we did. Him and uh, Money Man Mosley are going to be a nice one-two punch. And then from, from what I'm hearing, Traverius Moore, not Ward – but more has been actually balling out at the safety spot. And it looks like he's going to probably get the starting uh, job alongside um, Jimmy Ward. Is that what you're here? What you're seeing and hearing too? Yes. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, it's a deep defense. And then I think the big thing, and I agree with you that this defense is going to be better than 2019. The veterans on the team in 2019, I mean like Buckner, which is a hard replacement, but like Armstead, Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward, a lot of the young guys, are now the vets. So like Bose is a veteran now. Yeah. Fred Warner is a, a leader and a veteran. Um, you still got Jimmy Ward. You still got Armstead. Like you, you this defense is just kind of like very similar to that 2019, 2019 defense. But to yeah. me, it's just, it's better. Like these players have progressed. Bose is a better player than he was his rookie year. Fred Warner is way better than he was 2019. And he was a stud uh, like Drake Greenlaw. Al Shaheer is a better player. 
you're bringing in people like you said, like Drake Jackson. Hopefully, Kinlaw can stay healthy. Like, yeah, and, and, the and then is. Armstead on the inside, like, Kinlaw. dude, like, and I, yeah, Kinlaw. Kinlaw's an exciting storyline because yes. people giving up on him. P, you know, he he had that beef <laughs> with Grant Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my god! Do you want to do you want to elaborate on the beef, or do you want to just talk about him on the field? <laughs> um, I'll I'll make it very quick. We got a couple more topics to again to so. Uh, my favorite Niners reporter, uh, the guy who gets most of my information from Grant Cohen. He he's really good at getting under the skin of 49ers players. And him and Javon Kinlaw got into a a beef via his YouTube stream. I'm not gonna get into the words were used because I as that. But basically, Kinlaw went up to him, knocked the hat off his face, called him a called him a sucker ass, <laughs> among other things that are just, are just awful. And he went on, on his uh, YouTube stream and said that no one likes him. He should be fired as a reporter, just stuff like that. And Grant Combs, and and basically he was making the point about, about how Javon Kinlaw has been injured, blah blah blah. And it's some really valid points. And so him and him and Kinlaw were beefing. Um, it, it's just, it, it, you, you kind of just have to watch it to, to really fully enjoy it. Um, but it, it's amazing. Uh, but actually, Javon Kinlaw is is in what I'm going to mention for the next list. So I really want to get to that because I, I really have some intriguing points on, on what things can lead in this team. Mm-hmm. So if it's cool with you, can I just get my next two storylines out of the way really quickly? Go ahead. I think I think I'm good on my storyline. So if you want to okay. just knock your two out and then I'll, yeah, you know, I'll agree I'll with really you and like that. This ties to the defense, but my fourth storyline was D'Amico Ryan's adjusting the scheme. We're going to be switching from a, a, a back-off zone, a quarters coverage, to a more man press, which I'm a huge fan of. That, that takes um, advantage of our pass rush, takes advantage of our man cover corners. Um, if you Niner fans remember the game we played against the Cardinals when DeAndre Hopkins just torched our secondary, oh, playing off coverage the entire time, that game pissed me off. They basically were allowing him to get seven, eight-yard catches every single play, and it just it bothered me. And that was one of the issues with Robert Sala and why Miko Ryan's had adjustments last year from playing um, off coverage to playing man. But I think us playing man coverage in a more up-in-your-face is going to take advantage better of our pass rush, right? Because when you play zone coverage a lot, you're – you're basically not taking advantage of your pass rush by assuming that the pass rush has to get to the quarterback as fast as possible. So by playing man coverage, you eliminate short passes more than you would play during zone, which means the quarterback has to get the ball out faster. And I quarterbacks are going to be in hell going against that Niners pass rush. So I'm really interested to see how the scheme works for everybody. I'm a little concerned with some of our players being able to play in man like Hufunga and um What's that guy's face? Um, our nickel is going to be a little bit of a problem. I think it's going to be a really good adjustment. Top three defense. My last storyline is more of a hopeful one. It's the combination of Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo Trio. You have not seen them on the field with Lance almost at all ever. When they have practiced together, they have been unstoppable. And so I'm really, I, I really hope that those three guys can stay healthy, get in shape, figure it out. Because if those three are on the field with Juice and the rest of the offense, I truly believe oh. that, that this Niners offense can be top 10 in the league. And we have never seen these three players play on the same team at once, healthy with Lance. So that's what I'm really hoping for this year is, is we can get that. Um, that's so scary, dude. That's so scary. Yeah. Honorable mentions with the storylines were the nickelback in the third wide receiver spot, the, the vacancy on that one, 
My second one was the running back room, how that's going to work out. And then the third one was the NFC landscape. Uh, it's a very quick brief. I think the NFC is weak this year. The Niners have every opportunity to, to take, oh, it, no. take it from the rest. Um, seeing that our division is pretty weak now. But uh, the last topic we have is our um, 10 post-training camp best players ranked. This is after training camp right now, the current. So this is not previous. This also could be that we're projecting going into next season. It's really quick. My honorable mentions I have were Elijah Mitchell. I haven't really seen much of him in camp. I I know he's going to be really good. I just haven't seen much. He's just been taking some rest time. My other honorable mention is Javon Kinlaw. Um, He's been healthy the entire offseason. He's been participating in all the first team reps. So if he continues to stay healthy, his technique already looks better from what I've seen. He gets lower. Uh, if Juan Kimoff is healthy, I, I can see him pushing his way into the top 10. My next honorable mention is Drake Jackson. I just don't have enough information to put him in my top 10. I don't. He hasn't proved anything. He's just a very talented rusher. Um, my other two are Spencer Burford, um, just a guy that I, I have no clue about, but I have high hopes for. And then uh, it's Michael Hasty. Uh, I, I think hey, I have really high hope for Hasty. I think he could be a good third down back, and he's our most uh, shifty back. No, I like your honorable mentions, and I, I don't think any of those players are going to be on my list. So, yeah, I, right. I think that's spot on. Do you want to start with ten and then work work the way up? Um, do you want to go one to ten or ten to one? 10 I know to it's one. ten to one. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, it's ten to one. Uh, ten. I have Trey Lance. Okay. I originally didn't have him in there because I haven't seen enough regular season games for me to put him in there. But this is more of a projection pick, but he's been playing really well in camp. He's improved. He looks, he looks bigger, faster, stronger, more accurate. I think that when the season starts, he can bump up to number five. But I just believe in the talent. I believe in his mentality. I believe in, in everything that we have said about him. The only reason, only concern I have for Lance is not his accuracy, not his mechanics. That can be fixed. I'm concerned that Shanahan is not fully invested in Lance. I think he is, but... I, I, I've never seen Shanahan develop a quarterback. He's never really fully been in on any quarterback except for Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins. He hasn't even got, really gotten Kirk Cousins. He's always, he's always wanted Kirk Cousins. But I, if Lance does not get the support he needs, I just, I, I'm scared for how that dynamic is, is going to play out. But the football stuff, I have no question he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I just can't put him higher than 10 because I haven't seen anything yet. Um, so I actually agree. I have Trey Lance at 10 only because it's kind of like a cop-out pick. Like, I don't want to put him any higher, but I don't want to leave him off the list, too. And I, I agree. You know, I mean, quarterback is most important position, depending on how he plays. He could be one. He could be not even in the top ten. He could be somewhere in the middle, you know. But I think ten is a fair spot for him right now. Yeah. Uh, he's showing good glimpses. As long as he stays consistent and, like, everybody keeps saying, as long as he just does the little stuff better than Jimmy, I think we'll be fine. I guess the bigger picture stuff better than Jimmy – um, but for number nine, I have Chavarius Ward. Ooh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot different than my number nine. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I just think our secondary has been such a big problem. I mean, the fact that Josh Norman was getting snaps last oh year was my God, just, I forgot was so insane. He was so bad other than creating fumbles. Um, <laughs> but I just think he's just going to be consistent. You know, I don't think he's going to be a Pro Bowl corner. Wow. But if I had to compare, compare him to anybody, like – I don't even I don't even know a, a corner in the league that I could compare him to, but I just I don't think he's gonna be a Pro Bowl corner. Wow. But I think he's just always gonna be in that conversation as like 
you know, this guy is good. You know, don't you don't want to necessarily pick on him. He might allow a couple here and there. He's not going to be locked down. But, you know, I think he's going to be the ninth best player on the Niners. You need to get Twitter. You need to get Twitter. That That's all I'm going to say. Because I have Ward a lot higher than that. But, I, but uh, I, I guess I'll – I have Ward a lot higher than that. I guess number nine, I do have a Ward, though. And that's that's Jimmy Ward. Jimmy, oh. So, I, I, Jimmy Ward is hard to place because I, I think, again, th- this is post-camp. Mm-hmm. This is including how they're playing in training camp, right? Jimmy Ward has been – Jimmy Ward. There's nothing really else to say about him. He's consistent. He's He can cover any position on the field. He locks down tight ends. He's a trash talker. He, he's about that life. He's just – he's never been to a Pro Bowl because he, he, he doesn't get many interceptions. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not really his role, so I, I, I don't care about that. But, um, I mean, I really can't fathom putting him higher than where I have the rest of the players because he just – He's a glue guy. It really, it's not a knack on his talent. I just, that's just how good everybody else is. And I can't, I can't do that. Um, but yeah, I have Jimmy Ward at nine. I, I think Jimmy Ward is really at the peak of how good he's going to be. I don't think he's going to get much better, to be mm. honest. But it, that's not a bad thing because Jimmy Ward to me is a, is a Pro Bowl player or he, he, he should be at least. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really can't stop thinking about the, uh, the very score, but I guess we'll, uh, I'll, I'll 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 make my case later. Okay. See, I don't I didn't know where to put him. Like I, I made this list kind of off the fly. So like I I obviously I know he was really good on the Chiefs. I heard he's been like getting he's been snagging interceptions. But I didn't I didn't know where to put him. I didn't know if I wanted him to be my number one corner on this list, which he's not. I don't. I don't know, but I mean, I have Jimmy Ward at eight. You have him at nine. I have him at eight. Again, the talent above him is just a little bit better. Um, but like, like everything you said, he's a leader out there. He's a, he's just a dog, dude. He's a dog. He's going to get in your head. He's going to lay, he's going to lay the wood. He's just good in coverage. There's not much more to say about him. I think glue guy is the perfect like comparison for him. Yeah. But he's my number eight. Okay, cool. Um, number eight, my number eight guy is Kittle. Um, so Kittle is, I have him low. I get, I, eight's not low, but, um, Kittle, it, for me, his placement is not because of him as a his, he's bad as a player. I just think everybody else above him are in their primes. They're not as injury prone. They've been playing more games as a couple of seasons. Kittle has just been kind of going under the radar, and he had a great camp, by the way. Him and Lance are, are going to be a big connection. Um, I originally had him a little lower, but I, I decided to give him a little bit of higher placement. I, I think Kittle's going to have another great season, and that can bump him up to number five, maybe. But mm-hmm. so far, Kittle has been really good. He's just – the reason why I have him lower than you might expect is that he's just been injury-prone, man. He, he's been missing a lot of games. His – part of his game that got him the contract was his ability to create yards after the catch. I don't see that anymore. And so um, I need to see him produce more as a receiving tight end. I don't want to see him blocking the entire season. I want to see him produce as a receiving tight end. But he's still all pro. He's still a top two tight end in the league for me, and he's my eight spot. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I just think with his talent level and what he brings to the team, I don't know if I could put him that low. I know, but man. Uh, I know my, my number seven spot is going to be Emmanuel Mosley. Um, Again, and I think both him and Travis Ward are going to play really, really good this season. It just it's kind of hard. To, to figure out where to put these players. It, like, it really is. Get so, I'm going to put... Man. That's all I say is get, is, is get, get Twitter. Twitter. Get Twitter, man. 
You don't like that placement? Is he wait? Is he on your list, Emmanuel Mosley? Mosley is in fact on my list. Yes. Okay. Well, I have him at seven. I I can't wait to see more strides from him. He's always been very consistent, but I don't think he's ever like taking it to the next level. And I I think this is his year. I think I think he becomes a Pro Bowler this year. Yeah. Um, my number seven is Fred Warner. Um, you're gonna you're gonna really <laughs> flip your shit when you see these next couple of placements, but. Fred Warner, it, it, nothing's changed. I, I don't really need to go into Fred Warner too much, but Fred Warner's ha- had, had a good camp other than knocking out um, Marcus Johnson for no reason. Um, he, Wait, what? What? He knocked out who? He Oh, okay, so you know about the uh, the Ayuk and Fred Warner fight? Yeah. So that second fight happened because Fred Warner knocked out Marcus Johnson and gave him a, a concussion. What? Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear about that? I'm surprised. I knew about the fight, but I didn't really, like, I didn't read anything, like, on what, like, why it happened. I just assumed they were playing hard, which, I mean, they were, but no. I didn't know he knocked somebody out. Marcus Johnson was in, is now in the concussion protocol because of Fred. <laughs> I shouldn't what a, laugh. What, I shouldn't laugh. It's not what, a, what the but, fuck, Fred? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's Fred Warner. Nothing I can really say. I mean, he's not, he hasn't really gotten too much better since, uh-huh. um, since he since he broke out, he's kind of been staying around the same. So I, you know, it, it's his placement seems low, but it's just because other players have, have been getting better, and while he he's staying around the same, he's still all pro. Fred, I can see him moving up to four or five. But... Dang, dude, we're like, yeah, we're definitely like different. I guess I'm going more off of like establishment. You're going off of more like current what they can be. Yeah, current because he's yeah. Okay, so you have him seven. I had Emmanuel Moses seven. Uh, who do you got at the six spot? Emmanuel Mosley. Okay. Emmanuel Mosley is higher than Warner. And, and that sounds really blasphemous, but when you look at the improvement <laughs> he's made in camp this year from last year, Emmanuel Mosley is a number one corner in the league. If you look at his stat if you look at his stats from last year, those are those are Pro Bowl stats, my guy. His yeah. his stats were are Pro Bowl level. He's taken a step this year. He's given Ayuk hell. Um, along with Emmanuel Mosley, they have been shutting down this Niners offense like it was nothing. I truly believe that Mosley has taken a step to being a, a top five defensive player on this team. He's gotten bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's better in coverage. I just I, I love his improvement. I can tell by the way he's been playing. He's playing with more confidence. He's going to embrace his man coverage role. I just love the way he's improved. He's improved so much that he's jumped up like five, six spots from last year. Yeah, because I think he was an honorable mention. And I forgot to mention my honorable mentions. Uh, Eric Armstead's in my honorable mentions. It's like I really want to put him in the top ten. I forgot about him. But but (laughs) I did forget about him when I was making this list. But also, you know, just injury concerns. And, I mean, I think, you know, he's played great moving in. So, it's continuing to play in. I don't think it's going to be any problem for him. But um, I think, like, the 11 spot would be appropriate for him. But also, like, Drake Greenlaw, Elijah Mitchell, like like you said. Um, and then those would be my big honorable mentions. But uh, at the number five spot or six spot, so you, you had Manuel Mosley six, right? Yes. So my number six spot is going to be George Kittle. Um, basically for same reason. He, like, he's a top-tier talent in the league. But I think in terms of, like, what he's going to bring to the team, you know, he's going to block great. But I think uh, the two receivers I have ahead of him, are going to be a little bit more valuable to the team. Ooh. So, uh, I got. I mean, George is George. He's been putting up monster seasons forever. When he was the number one target, he was putting up. I mean, didn't he have a two K season or Correct. something close to it? Yeah. So, 
but he's number six for me. Um, you know, it's kind of like you said, it's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. There's players getting better than him. He's getting a little older. Number six, I think, is a pretty fair placement for him. It is what it is, man. I mean, it, 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 again, it's not that these players are bad or that they're getting worse. It's just that with a combination of injuries and other players improving, it's, it is what it is. Wait, wait. Um, before you okay. get to number five, I think we both have the same player for five. Okay, so we're both going to just say it at the same time, all right? And let's see if we both have okay. player. Okay. Three, two, two, one. Brandon Ayuk. Yep, Ooh, it's Ayuk. Why do I know answer. that? It has yeah. to be Ayuk. Ayuk has been the best skill position player in the training camp this year. Ayuk is is breaking out right now as he's mm-hmm. happened. Uh, he's been the best wide receiver. He is in shape. He looks physically, he looks physically amazing right now. Um, he's beating guys in coverage. He he's he's matching up very nicely with uh, Mosley and Ward. I just love his improvement. This guy has gotten better every single year that he's played. And I think that he's gonna he's gonna benefit from playing with Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just believe that his improvement in camp, his catch radius is, is insane. He's standing up for his teammates. He's becoming more of a leader. I don't know, man. I, he's and he's just right such now. a better route runner than Debo too. It's he's like, playing better than Debo. Let's he is. Be, he's not above Debo on my list, obviously. No. But but Debo he. Deserves his spot just based off of what he did last year. But Ayuk can get there, dude. Dude, he can get there. Ayuk is a dog, dude. And, again, you basically said everything I would say about Ayuk, but his training camp looks amazing. He's mossing people. His route running looks so just – he's going to be a dog. People – so people thought last year was going to be a breakout season. So now they're kind of sleeping. They'll be awake. I'll just say that. They'll be awake. He he could definitely move up to top three. I think. I'm trying to get him on my fantasy team. Me too. <laughs> I'm trying to get him on my fantasy team. <laughs> Me too. So, okay, so man, I'm excited for Ayuk. Man, I'm so excited for Ayuk. Okay, <laughs> so um, number four, I have Traverius Ward a lot higher than you. <laughs> I, let me explain. Uh, let, 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 let me put you on with the Traverius Ward game. Traverius Ward is is been the best defensive player in camp so far. This dude locks down everyone. He has been getting interceptions after interceptions. He's making Trey Lance's life hell. This guy is strong. He's tall. He's big. He has, ex- he has experience playing on the outside. He's a good press coverage corner. Um, when when Tart when when, when um, Trey Lance Fucking Tart. So no 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 not Tart. <laughs> tart. Targeting when 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 targeting Traverius Ward in camp. All the quarterbacks have a combined completion rate of 52%. Dang. That's against Traverius Ward. That is tough. That, that is. is tough. Um, this is why I said you need, you need to get Twitter. Because if you get Twitter, you'll be able to understand why I'm so high on him. I think mm-hmm. he's, he can be a Pro Bowl corner. I think he's better than just good, like you said. No offense mm-hmm. or anything, but he, he's better than Mosley. He's way better than Mosley. I, I don't want to say way better because Mosley's a really good player, but but Javarius Ward is. You'll see. No, I'm getting excited, bro. Like I obviously like I've known him on the Chiefs. I I know he was a good player, but what you're saying and like from the clips I have seen on like Instagram and stuff from training camp, he has looked great. I think uh, I think because I made this list on the fly, I might have underrated him a little bit. 
Um, but I'm excited. I, and I hope he lives up to these words you're saying. But uh, my number four is Fred Warner. I just – I can't put past the fact that he's the best linebacker in the league. Debatable. Him or Darius Leonard. No. So it's for, it's huh? not debatable. Well, then it's hard for me not to put him above people like Javarius Ward who look great but aren't proven like he is, you know. But I get – it's about – you're talking about today. So no, 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 no. I'm saying Darius Leonard is not debatable with Fred Warner. You think Darius Leonard's better? No. Heavens oh, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Fred's the best. But if you want to count like turnovers, that's where people put Darius Leonard above him. But you Warner. know, you can't cover like him. That's for damn sure. But Fred Warner's my four. You know, we've ranted about Fred Warner plenty of times. I think everybody who's at least listened to our podcast before, they know the kind of love we have for Fred. He's dude. He's a dog. He's I guess he's knocking people out of practice. <laughs> oh, did you also know? Uh, well, dude, he got married, Fred, so you know he's probably. <laughs> Fred Warner uh, talks a lot of shit. Oh, yeah, he does. A lot of shit. And he kind of sounds like a Muppet. So he's like, hey, man. From, I don't from, know, he sounds like a Muppet. I used called him annoying in the uh, in one of the press conference because Fred <laughs> Warner likes to flex a lot. He'll talk shit. I didn't see – see, from, from the, all the fan views I've been a Niners fan, I didn't know Fred Warner talked shit. No, I, I thought knew, he was a nice guy. I, I knew Fred Warner – was kind of hood. He came from a military <laughs> background, but I didn't know Fred Warner talked shit. Oh, well, I'm excited to see Fred. But, uh, I mean, you had him a little lower than me, but, I mean, we're both Nick Green's Fred's a dog. Uh, so our, t- our top three is going to be the same. I, no. I, it's it's going to be the same, dude. I don't think it's going to be the same in the order. I don't think. Okay, do you have Debo three? Yeah, okay. No, I, okay, I so we have Debo three. Okay. So here, okay, let's just take a stick with, with Debo for a bit. Yeah. If, if Debo was in shape, in football shape, he'd be number one for me. He was number yeah. one for me last year. But Debo Samuel right now is not in good football shape. He's not getting the same separation he used to. He's been falling down on his routes. He'll be fine. Niner fans, it, yeah. calm down, relax. He was, he was eating while he was waiting for that contract. He was eating He's, good. So. Debo is fine. Whatever you want to – I don't – I'm not here talking about his contract. I, I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm here talking about him as a football player. He's he is the most impactful player on this team. He just needs to get in shape. That, that that's all there is to it. That, that's all there he is. He is the mis- most impactful because offense. But my number two guy, that guy's a monster. I think ours is a little different, but I want to hear your, your your number two. So so you, I have Nick Bosa too. Okay, so do I. Okay. Dude, okay. Nick Bosa's a damn monster, dude. He looks fucking jacked, dude. Like, oh my god. He's in better shape than last year. He's in better. Sh- he, he's better than his fucking brother too. I'm tired of people way saying better he's, way better he, he's, he's better than. I mean, he's better than Joey. He's a he's a top three pass rusher in the league. I have no doubt about it. Him, TJ, Miles Garrett. He had 15 plus sacks last year. Dude, he's the most double covered guy. Um. Off of an ACL injury, I'm fucking excited. And dude, now now that the Rams don't have Andrew Whitworth anymore, I know he 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 usually is on the other side, but I, he's gonna tear up this fucking division. The O line in our division kind of sucks. The Cardinals don't have the greatest O line. The Rams they lost a lot of key pieces. They don't have a good O line, and the Seahawks is, don't. So I don't think there's a need to talk how good he is. You want to hear some some fun stories about, about Bosa? So in training camp uh, last week. The Niners are taking out Nick Bosa every day out of practice because he ruins the game plans. Every single time he plays against the offense, he ruins the game plans. And they said that Trey Lance can't get any any momentum because Nick Bosa sacks him every single time. <laughs> 
He's so good, bro. And it's it's so funny because we always talk about this. But when that draft was going on, everybody knew Kyler was going number one. But, like, the big thing for the 49ers was Quinn and Williams, bro. Like, they're like, oh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had dinner with Quinn and Williams. He's going <laughs> to get the pick. And, like, I was like, no, like, bro, it has to be Nick Bosa, bro. Like, there's, and like, I will the, always be grateful for you. You're the one who put me on with Nick Bosa back in high school. So, I'll always be grateful for you for, for telling me how, how uh, good he is back in college. But, uh, Nick Bosa ruins, ruins the, the Niners' game plans every single time they're in practice. The only guy that can block them is Trent Williams. And that's our number one. And, I mean, and that's, I guess, our number one. Trent Williams, look, look, let's keep context. Nick Bosa is, is a top five pass rush, top three in the league. Trent Williams beats it every single time. I mean, Trent just, Williams is a top three player. If the people don't want to put pass rushers, I mean, not pass rushers, pass blockers. Linemen. They don't like all linemen, but if we were being legit, Trent Williams is probably a top three player in the league. Trent, so they they split their reps. Okay, so so Trent Williams beats most of the time. Uh, Nick Bosa does get some wins in, but Nick Bosa said in a press conference that Trent Williams gives him hell. Just gives him hell thinking about – dude, Trent, okay. There is no offensive lineman – in the past decade that I think is better than, than Trent Williams. You know, no. he reminds me of that one pass rusher from the Seahawks who's a Hall of Famer. I don't know. No, yes. Um, uh, um, no, 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 no. Um, what's his name? What, not Walter Jones? No. No. Um, for the Seahawks. Hold on. Because, like, I'm trying to think of, like, great offensive linemen. You have, like, Jonathan Ogden, I Walter Jones. I, I think I'm thinking of, of Jonathan Ogden. Yeah, Jonathan Ogden from the Ravens. I think that's – it's – I'm trying to think of who he is. I, I don't – The Seahawks not... did have Walter Jones, though, who was – or no, you're thinking of Larry Allen? No, Larry Allen. Larry Allen. Larry Allen. Larry Allen was a guard, though, but yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, basically I'm thinking of Hall of Fame offensive linemen who are absolute fucking gorillas. I mean, that's what he is. He's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So fucking easy. Oh. And we we got him for a fifth round pick and a third round pick. Can you fucking <laughs> believe, dude? The, the, I mean, the Washington Football Team is such a poverty franchise. They don't know what the fuck oh, they're doing. They're, they're trading owner. for Carson Wentz. They're only a buffoon, dude. Uh, Wait, I, I, the thing is, is that me and Ray are goofing around because there's nothing that's already said about Trent Williams. He's Trent Williams does not lose any snaps. Or any reps. This guy is the highest rated player in pro football focus. Where you want to say about them, I don't really fully agree with the criteria all the time. But in every single metric, he's the best offensive lineman. He's the highest rated player, highest pass blocking grade, highest run blocking grade. What more do you want to see? Dude, and he made Michael Parsons his bitch in the oh, playoffs. Yeah, Michael Parsons, right. Michael Parsons. Oh, I'm from what do you say? I'm from Harrisburg. Where the bullies get bullied. <laughs> <Where> the bullies <laughs> get bullied. <laughs> He didn't do jack the play, play. Bro, I just, I'm just, I'm laughing hella right now because while we're talking about Bosa, I just can't believe fucking Cleveland Farrell went number four. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't um, even think he's getting starting reps with the Raiders, bro. He was the fourth round pick. You oh. know, you know what's funny? I think of Nick Bosa. I always think of Max Crosby. It, 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 it's like a rivalry, bro. Yeah. And Max um, Crosby's great, bro. I just still, I still can't believe he got Trent second Williams. team all pro. One more thing about Trent Williams be- before we wrap this up. If you this, this is just the, the non-football side, it's more of his mentality. 
Trent Williams looks like a monster. And I know that in no respectful way, but if you actually hear him talk at press conferences, I have never heard of a player. And I, 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 I guess it's related to it, but fun fact, everybody out there, offensive linemen are, are some of the smartest football individuals you will ever meet. They see the game way differently than everybody else does. If you really mm-hmm. want to get an insight as to how football is played, watch and listen to offensive linemen. They have a lot to add to football discourse. But Trent Williams specifically, that dude is one of the most intelligent football players I have ever listened to. This guy is nuanced. He's slow when he talks, but he has an, he has a clear agenda. This guy knows football. He knows the game better better than almost anybody. It, it's Kyle. Sh- I, I, Kyle Shanahan said that the he has the most amount of respect for any player he's ever played with is Trent Williams. If you listen to him talk in the press conferences, this guy breaks down the game of football. I am telling you, Niner fans, go watch his post conference. Go watch as much Trent Williams talking as you possibly can. Because for a guy who's so big and so powerful, this guy is well-spoken, he's mature, and he won an award last year. I don't remember what the award is called, but it's an award for the guy who's the best with the press and a guy who's just overall the best to talk to. Yep. That's Trent, man. I mean, he has his own book. No, I mean, you got to think for an offensive lineman, they got to understand run schemes and pass schemes, you know, because they're doing both. You know, receivers, if, if, if they know it's a run play – not, I mean, in Kyle Shanahan's system, they have to block, but for the most part, they just like run this little fake route and distract them. Offensive linemen, they got to know both. So, no, I mean, I think people underrate offensive linemen, dude. They they protect their fucking quarterback. I mean, I, there's nothing more noble to me than know, fucking game of football. Especially in Shanahan's system, offensive linemen are the RO linemen have a heavy responsibility. They they have mm. more responsibility than, than most offensive linemen. And furthermore, I I've told Ray this many times. I like scouting players on my own. I watch the film. Offensive mm-hmm. linemen are some of my favorite positions to scout. There's there's so many details that you miss when you don't watch the games. You have to go back and you watch it. But, man, that there's no position that I, I respect as much as an offensive lineman. Or, you know, obviously, I like every position in the NFL. But offensive linemen, are, it's a very good position to analyze. But, uh, anywho, uh, that that's it for us. We just wanted to get some of our Niners uh, content out. It's kind of like – We've been suppressing a lot of our thoughts for the last month. We've got really much to talk about. Uh, yes, as sir. the season goes out, we're just going to try and talk as much as we can. We're not going to have a set schedule. We're just going to pump stuff out whenever we feel like it. Kind of just yep. talk and just have fun with the season and have fun. We'll, we'll definitely be sure to get some stuff out to you guys. Uh, shout out to shout out to Devo for getting that contract. We're going to have a super gremlin every single <laughs> week of his super stuff. Yes, sir. We're going to show up to every game lit. Um, I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm excited. First uh, preseason game. We, we, yes, we're recording this Thursday before the game, just in case it doesn't drop Thursday, but sure. fucking excited for that. You want to you take us out, Ray? All right, Sacktown. It's been a good one, Jared. Thank you. You've course, been amazing as always. If you guys, again, like, um, Jared, shout out your Instagram, because if you guys ever have any questions, dude, he's the guy to go. Like, I love football. This guy knows – any any little thing, especially about the Niners. So yeah. So yeah. if you want to uh, ask me personal questions, my Instagram is Jared Two Pluto, J A R E D, no spaces to the number two, and Pluto P L U T O, uh, all lowercase, no spaces. If you have any personal questions about football, or just want to talk about sports, I basically I basically live sports. It's my life. So I, especially Niners, I'm it's my it's my uh, 
guilty pleasure. That's not even guilty pleasure. <laughs> football. If you have any uh, questions about sports betting or money or anything like that, uh, there's my uh, uh, sports betting uh, IG account where I sell my picks. Um, Jay's Daily Picks, just how it is. Uh, all lowercase, no capital, no spacing. If you have any questions, let me know. And I'll, I'll be sure to answer any questions that I can. All right, Sactan. Peace out. All right, y'all. See you.